great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning. And interesting, interesting development as it relates to Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. There is only one person that can remove him from office. And I I don't see this uh, happening, by the way, but the governor of the state of New York, Kathy Hochul, is putting Bragg on notice. The governor, who's been silent on this issue, tonight is putting Bragg on notice. I will come back to that. And later, we will also have the Chronicles of Dominic Carter. We have a lot going on this evening. And, of course, we are taking your telephone calls. But the backdrop, the backdrop, if you will, for tonight's conversation, two issues. One, woke on steroids. A city council member is under fire for doing the right thing and offering sympathies to New York's executed NYPD officers, but also to the family of the reported cop killer, LaShawn McNeil. Harlem Councilwoman Kristen Richardson Jordan, a Democrat socialist who wants to abolish the police is causing a lot of outrage because she's also offering condolences. She's extending condolences to the family of the cop killer, LaShawn McNeil. And cops should be outraged at this. Now, this councilwoman, she is a staunch critic of the NYPD and has argued for abolishing policing, which she likens to slavery. She wants to abolish policing, which she likens to slavery. Now, she's the granddaughter of a police officer. And uh, you may have heard the uh, recent controversy she found herself in. She called police the largest facilitators of white supremacy. My question is, how does electing this woman serve the community? How in the world is she a member of the New York City Council? And speaking to the New York Times on Monday, she um, attended vigils and prayed for Officer Mora 
Uh, and she said she also expressed her intention to attend the uh, officer's funerals. But at the same time, she suggested that McNeil's death was no different than the deaths of the two officers. She says, I see every human life as equivalent. I'm just going to, I'm just going to state it and I'm going to leave it alone. So the second back backdrop for tonight's show, and I'm coming to the information that governor Hochul, what she's saying about Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, how she's putting him on notice effective immediately. She's going to meet with him on uh, Friday of this week. This part, some Rite Aid, you may have heard Bob Brown mention this in uh, his news headline. Some Rite Aid, Rite Aid drug stores in New York are closing because of the shoplifting. Actor Michael Rappaport is outraged. And I had this video last night, but I didn't have time to turn it around quick enough for you folks to uh, to hear this. Now, what this is, is a brazen uh, shoplifter looks security in the eye with full bags stuffed of merchandise. And the security guard even has uh, security on his uh, jacket as the shoplifter is walking right past him. This happened at the Rite Aid at 80th and 1st Avenue um, in Manhattan, and I want you to listen, folks, to how the actor is describing what he's actually looking at. This is the world that we live in today. Yo, I'm looking at this This dude. Yo, that, this dude is... I can't believe I'm seeing this This Yo, this guy just filled his two bags up with everything in Rite Aid right here on 80th and 1st Avenue is walking down the street like is Gucci. Look at me in my face like what's good. He's I was watching him the whole time. My man just went Christmas shopping in January. He had the condoms, the shampoo, and so that's not my version. That's his independent version of witnessing how brazen shoplifters have become in the city of uh, New York. And by the way, uh, ridership is down. Uh, when you talk about transit, it, according to the MTA chief, ridership is down 36% since December. So I mentioned at the very top, and in just a minute, we're going to your telephone calls. Governor Hochul is putting the Manhattan District Attorney Bragg on notice. Governor Hochul, and I'm quoting here, she says, I know full well the powers the governor has. I have options. So she's going to meet with uh, Bragg for the first time on Friday. And she appeared before the New York Post editorial board, noting that she's monitoring exactly what's going on. And it bears repeating. 
And so she is, this is a warning shot that she may be prepared to use her powers to force Bragg to reverse his soft on crime policies, or he may be out. And so as of right now, she's stopping short of calling for his removal from office. But again, the governor says, I know full well the powers that the governor has. I'll be having a conversation very shortly to convey, to let let him tell me what his plans are and make sure we're all in alignment. Now, some of you will say that this is... Um, political uh, posturing. And and I don't think that Hochul is going to remove uh, Bragg from office, but I am shocked that she is even uh, going to meet with him and she's talking publicly about the fact that she has options. We are taking your telephone calls, 1-800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let's uh let's start with uh with with uh, Stan in Rockland County. Good morning, Stan. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, good morning, Dominic. Um I uh, wanted to uh uh talk about uh, at least initially um you know with regards to the uh life equivalency of the uh, uh the gun person, the gunman that killed the two officers. Yes. Uh, I want I'm wondering why nobody has been questioning or taking the mother to task she is a correction a corrections officer she is a cop for all intents and purposes and i can't believe that she didn't know about the the weapon stockpile that her son had um in in his room and not expressing any you know not having any problems up up until the time where she ended up calling the police. I, it's well, disgusting. Well, and, I, I, I agree with you, Stan, and we have discussed it on this program. And, um, you know, the other night I, I went as far to say that uh, possibly she should be charged with something, right? But then I thought about I'll this. Go, I'll take that one further, though. Okay. You know, uh, as a correctional officer, she's got the ethical, moral, and legal responsibility not to associate with no criminals. So... If her son is a known criminal and she's living with him, you know, I, I would posit that maybe she just should lose her job because she's lost the public trust. Well, the the issue, and it comes back to the Manhattan DA, if he doesn't want to prosecute criminals, you think he's going to prosecute this mother? Of course not. This would come right back to the Manhattan district attorney. And so right, they, therein not- lies the problem. Right, but there's options beyond that. DOC could can terminate her and, and remove her weapon from from her. I mean, it, that's what I'm suggesting. Whether or not she's charged or not, I think other options are available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you you raise some interesting points, Stan, and I I thank you uh, for the call. Have a great morning uh, up in Rockland County. Let's go to uh, Larry in Brooklyn. Good morning, Larry. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning. I changed topics. Um, you know, I, I want first. I want to say, Dominic, you are the best because you give information and you're not politically correct like everybody else. I really appreciate well, that. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Thank you. It's, it's the truth. What I want to say is this: you know, there was a soundbite from Governor Hochul 
uh, when, when Bragg first had his press conference at the National Action Headquarters. And, and I can't believe that the entire media missed this soundbite. She actually said, she was like applauding him and saying, we're not going to waste our time on petty robberies anymore. I'm saying to myself, this woman's a bimbo. She, she, everybody missed that comment, unless, unless I was hearing things. Well, 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 Larry, yeah. I, I do have to be honest with you. I, 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 take, I take exception to referring to the first woman governor uh, in the way that you just did. We can criticize her, but we don't, I don't feel we have to call her that term. What she was doing, you said it was at uh, the National Action Network, correct? Yeah, right. Okay, she was playing for votes. And that's why I'm telling you that I don't think that she's going to take any action against the Manhattan District Attorney because if she removes him from office, frankly, there goes the black vote. She And she will not be elected governor if she does that. Now, so it's a matter of do you do what's right, and what's right is Bragg needs to go, or do you do what's in your own best political interest? Every politician in the world, 99.999%, Larry, are going to choose what's in their best interest. And so she, she, the governor is between a rock and a hard place. This is the first black district attorney of Manhattan. He's untouchable. She may, she may have to tap him, but, but, but let me, let me, Larry, let me just also make this point. She is in a pickle because Congressman uh, Tom Swazi I've seen the commercial about eight or nine times where he's uh, focusing on the Manhattan district attorney and saying Hoku won't act. He will act that he will fire district attorneys. So she's way ahead in the polls, right? For the democratic primary. And Larry, remember the primary is in the end of June. So the primary is only what five months away. And if Hoku can win the democratic primary, it may be based on history smooth sailing to winning uh, the general election. But, Larry, we will see, and I, I thank you for the call. You did raise some very uh, very good points. Let's go to Clarence in Queens. Good morning, Clarence. You're on Talk Radio good 77 morning, WABC. Mr. Good, morning, Mr. Car- good morning, Mr. Carter. Uh, real simply, the woman was not wrong for offering condolences to the family. The fact of the matter is the correction officer mother is a citizen just like anyone else. She was the person who called the police. She was the person who was the victim. She was the person who was uh, in danger. All right, right? it's terrible. It's, It's awful. Terrible that the officers got shot and condolences to those officers. Okay. But I can't see you demonizing a mother who called out for help. That's totally okay. out of line. Okay. And out of character. Okay. Well, well, wait, wait a second here, Clarence. So you're telling me that you believe with a straight face that an elected official should acknowledge the life of this cop killer is that what you're not one cop two cops is clarence is that what you're telling me with a straight Look, face you're talking about a cop killer i'm not talking about a cop killer okay you're so wait, okay so wait I'm clarence about the okay wait 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 wait, wait, wait okay but wait 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 clarence wait 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 the council member 
uh, acknowledged the cop killer and his family, right? So No, the family itself. I'm not talking about the cop killer. I'm saying that the way it's been presented is that she was acknowledging the family, the family of the cop killer. He, not the cop killer, the family of the cop killer. There's a big difference. And if you can't make that distinction, if people can't make that distinction, you'll get the slacking in the elections you deserve. And I'm a Republican. Hmm. But, hey, Clarence, I I, want to push back a little more here. I want to push back a little more. Agreed. In some circles, the mother may be considered a victim. But if your child thinks he's God, and if your child has a love of firearms, you don't think that's something that the police should have been told at the door and thus. Okay, so then if the mother, if the family deserves sympathy, why hasn't Mayor Eric Adams offered them sympathy? You know what? I mean, you, you can have your opinion. We happen to disagree on it. And I okay. think that okay. your, your approach is wrong. That's all. Okay. And, and I, I'll still listen to your show. But I okay. still think you're, you're wrong on this matter. That's okay. All. all right. Well, Clarence, I thank you for that, and I appreciate um, your your telephone call. Um, let me let me do this. Let's go to. I've got to take a break, and I want to stay with the telephone calls. Let's let's um let's squeeze in one more call. But before I do so, I'm going to Carol in New Jersey in one second. But I do want to tell you folks to make sure that you tune in to Bernie and Sid. This morning on 77 WABC Radio at 7.40 a.m., 7.40 a.m., there will be a very special announcement, 7.40 a.m. So now, before I take a break, let's go to Carol in New Jersey. Good morning, Carol. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, hi, Dominic. Hi. How are you? On Friday, I'm going to be standing at 9 o'clock. Uh, fantastic, silence. fantastic, yeah. fantastic. And I think Carol? one comment okay. that I want, yes, Go one ahead. comment that I wanted to make Go is ahead. that Officer Mora is going to live on through others because of his um, organ donations. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think it's fantastic. It really is. Um, yeah, I I the mother of uh, the killer, I I don't think she handled that situation properly. I mean, why did she call the police if she didn't want her son to be taken to jail or shot or anything like that? I mean, it uh, it seems to me that she was trying to cover up for him. Well, what I think the last caller was trying to... uh... <clears throat> trying to uh, say, Carol, is that, you know, the mother needed help. She couldn't control her son at that moment, and she right. she probably needed help. But the police should have been told the situation at the door, right. what they right. were dealing mm-hmm. with, as I said um, a couple of nights ago. So that, I mean, Carol, if you and I are partners and we're police officers right. and somebody says that they're God, we're going to stop and say, wait a minute, let's call for backup. But before oh, right. before we go approach right. this individual, and then you add that they are uh, that they have that they love uh, firearms, that says it all. That says we're not going, in, ma'am. Step out here. We're not going in there until we can get some backup here. And then you you well, call I, for backup, and that's that. Yeah, right. 
But I have a statement. It seems to me that a lot of people that are paranoid schizophrenics, they have guns or want guns because they feel that they need to protect themselves because they're they're just not right, you know? Right. Well, it, to my knowledge, I don't believe that this uh, Mr. McNeil was a uh, paranoid schizophrenic, mm-hmm. to, to my knowledge. Uh, it's still right. it's still an open investigation. And, Carol, I thank you for the call, and you have a uh, a beautiful morning. Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back in the wake of all the gun violence occurring in New York City. President Biden is set to visit NYC next week for a meeting with uh, Mayor Eric Adams. It will take place in Manhattan next Thursday. And uh, the White House says it will focus on the Biden administration's strategy to fight gun violence, gun crime. The mayor was in the Bronx today to take part in what's called the dignified transfer of one of the slain officers, 27-year-old Wilbert Mora, who died yesterday after clinging on to to life for days. His partner, 22-year-old rookie Jason Rivera, died at the scene of the shooting on Friday. Let's go right back to the uh, telephone calls to Karen in Rockland County. Good morning, Karen. What's on your mind? How are you? I'm doing Uh, well. Go right ahead. There was something you said before that I didn't agree with. I usually agree with everything you say, but you were saying that, you know, the governor has options and she could get rid of uh, the district attorney. Yes, she she, could. uh, She would lose her black, you know, the black vote if she did that. I don't believe that because the black community is tired of this sick of him also. So I don't think she would lose votes. You you know what, Karen? I, I would hope that you're right. But when you look at this council member that represents Harlem right now, I I stand by my statement. I I hope that you're right. But believe me, the governor is aware of the fact that if she goes against Bragg and she's, if you notice, she's a moderate, but she's been moving more and more to the left because she's playing to get the progressive vote or the progressive votes out of New York City. And if she goes against Bragg, it's gonna it's gonna lead to a demise for her. Yeah, I'm just getting tired of these politicians. You know, they're looking out for their own careers and their own voices, and then not taking care of business. I, I hear you, Karen. I hear you. But but have you ever met a politician that where they don't take care of their own interests no, first? I, don't, I I wouldn't want to. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> well, want to be like that. Well, well Karen, I, I thank you for the call, and you have a uh, a lovely lovely morning. Yes, you too. Let's okay. let's now go from Rockland County to the Bronx, LQ. Good morning, LQ. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, good morning and condolences to all, um, Dominic, of course, the family. And I'm going to say both families. Uh, that's why I'm calling. First of all, just two things fast. You're right on the base of uh, Governor Hoko that she's, uh, she doesn't want to lose that black vote. But as far as the condolences, biblically, I'd um, I could see from uh, um, I'm not trying to be a uh, uh, you know p- 
preacher and everything, but in Acts in the Bible, when Stephen was stoned to death by his, you know, uh, he said, "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." So therefore, biblically, uh, you you have to pray, you know, for both both families. I see the points of the police. I agree with all the things, but the mother messed up a little bit. The police messed up. But um, and I feel for this. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, LQ, uh, the, the police would were called there to help. Where, where did they mess up at? They messed up, in my opinion. Um, they should have. They had been to the house before. They should have. Um, I don't know how come they didn't know that. You know that this this family that that, that she was not a correction officer, and that she should have. She may have had a gun. I can't see see it. That's a mistake and error. Hmm. Well, I, I I thank you for the call. Um, I I just I I just I just don't get it. As far LQ, I don't get it in terms of um, condolences for for the McNeil family. I, I I'm sorry. I I just I just don't have the compassion. Uh, maybe I should. Maybe I should, but I don't. I don't. I'm siding with these innocent police officers, one that was shot in the head, the other that's 22 years old, and his wife is now left alone because of what uh, Mr. McNeil did. Let's go to uh, William in Westchester. Good morning, Dominic. William. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, hi, hi, Dominic. Uh, first, a quick explanation of how the socialist councilwoman got there, and secondly, a uh, quick explanation of how we can get rid of the gun violence. Number, number one, about 30 years ago, I was part of a local Republican club. It's the people who go to the local uh, clubs in each neighborhood who basically select the candidates. They're the, basically the, essentially the, the, the uh, part-timers who uh, run the local organizations when everybody else is taking care of their own business, and it's their agenda, and it's ra- generally the, the more militant uh, of each ideology who participate in these organizations. And they're basically the ones that uh, select the candidates to run. I, I hear you, William, but uh, if I were still a, a Harlem constituent, constituent, I would be embarrassed to have voted for this woman. With, with some of the things that are coming out of her mouth. And she probably, I've been around this a long time, and you have to understand, people say outrageous stuff for exactly what I'm doing now. I'm mentioning her. I'm talking about what she said. But but it, but it, it, it's, dis, it's disgusting comparing policing to slavery. I mean... Boy. Go ahead. Go ahead, William. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. Uh, but it's, the, I guess, the idea there's no such thing as bad publicity. Right. Right. And, and, and a quick quickie on the, the gun problem. The gun problem exists because of gangs. The gangs exist because there's a demand for drugs and they have their own territory. The third rail is get rid of drugs and you're going to have no gang problem and no gun problem. But nobody wants to address the, uh, the uh, drug problem. Right. Well, I, I say get rid of the drugs and the gangs. How about that? How about that? Do it, but is politician going to want to uh, uh, alienate uh, basically the drug buying constituents? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I I um I thank you for the call, William, and and have a uh, a beautiful uh, morning.
Let's go to uh, Omar. Omar is in the Bronx. Good morning, Omar. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominique. Uh, just want to intervene regarding policing into the community, right? I, I do believe when uh, crime goes up, it's because police is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. You understand? Yeah, what what you what 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 I believe you're saying is that some police will sit on their hands and not and not do the job. But I mean, I I don't I don't I don't buy into that, Omar. Crime goes up because criminals think they can get over and try to get over. And when they realize that elected officials are weak, they go into overdrive. That's why crime goes up. But go ahead. Well, and I will want to say something also about uh, the mother of the man who killed the the, the police. Go ahead. I'm go really ahead. sorry about the fact that, uh, you know, this happened to police. Police shouldn't be treated like that. But at the same time, the mother shouldn't be responsible for what her son did, because I do believe she's hurt right now. She was probably calling police to have some help. You understand what I'm saying? I, I, I don't, Omar. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She listen. May, maybe she couldn't handle the situation with her son, but right. she knew how volatile. She had to know. She's his mother, and 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 and, and, you, and she put those police officers in that situation, and apparently didn't give them the full story because she didn't want her son to get hurt. And instead, we have two dead police officers. Well, it's very difficult, you know what I'm saying, to say that what, what she had in her mind at the time. I probably believe she was probably scared, you know, of her son. She said, hey, let me call police because that's the only force that can help me out of that's, my situation. That's true. That's and true. But, but yeah. she called the police to check her son. And in the process of checking her son, this madman killed two police officers. Yeah, it's it's a really sad story. And and people are telling me to have sympathy for the mother. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't. I'm I you know, call me a bad person. But Omar, I, I just don't. Because no, I because I think you, I think it's unfair. I but I think it's unfair what the mother did to those to those police officers. It it it's not right. Those police officers could be alive today. If if she had given them the full story of what was going on. Omar, I, I thank you uh, for the call. And I want to say, folks, that following the uh, fatal shooting of NYPD officers Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora, it is more important than ever to show our police the support and respect they deserve. This Friday, 77 WABC is asking all Americans to stand and take a moment of silence for one minute at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to honor true heroes, police officer Jason Rivera and police officer Wilbert Mora. You can also show your support for officers Rivera and officer Mora, their families, friends, and all police personnel by heading over to wabcradio.com forward slash pen to get a free 77 WABC back the blue pen.
once you get your pen, take a selfie and post it on your own social media with the seventy seven the hashtag seventy seven WABC B T B and let the world know that you back the blue. That's seventy seven WABC uh, excuse me, WABCradio.com forward slash pen for a free 77 WABC back the blue pen and join 77 WABC in showing your support for the police. Let's go now to, um, let's go to, uh, to our friend Jennifer in Boston. Good morning, Jennifer. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Uh, I wasn't going to call, but I thought my head was just both these callers, I mean the police. Uh, Wait, wait, Jennifer, you you were breaking up. You said you wasn't going to call, but you felt your head. What now? Because, uh, Pete, can you hear me okay now? Yes, yes. Yes. These callers who are blaming the police for somebody shooting them and saying that the mother wanted help. Well, of course she wanted help. That's why they showed up. That's why they showed up to do their job, and a violent known felon killed them. It's as simple as that. A gun didn't kill them. A felon with a gun killed them. Yes. And um, I'm so sick of Governor Hochul talking about guns and guns on the streets and Eric Adams and guns. No one ever uses the word criminal, felon, thug. You know, pick your pick your poison. They're horrible, violent people wreaking havoc on society. And I never hear anything about personal responsibility, liability. Uh, detriment to society, life choices, anything. It's all about a gun. It's not a gun. And and I feel badly for the situation of, of the decent people like you that live in and around New York. I will tell you, look what that poor officer that was assassinated a few days ago down in Texas, they not only have gotten that criminal back from Mexico, but they have charged two family members um, with helping him. Um, avoid capture. And that's what should be done whenever anyone doesn't give a full story, puts the cops at risk, anything. Why is it that people want to blame police officers? Everyone loves them when they need them. And the rest of the time, they have no problem casting aspersions. And it's, uh, I'm just so hurt for these wonderful young men. They're the best amongst us, Dominic. And they're young and they had everything to live for. And yet they went out there every day, one foot in front of the other, to do the right thing for society. And, right. And I agree with to, you. People to put these that awful criminal on the same level, the same life value as these two fine young men, shame on them is all I can say. And I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just very upset with what I'm hearing from, from, your, from your callers. It breaks my heart, to be honest with you, that people think the way they do. So... Thanks well, as always for hearing me, Dominic. Of course, Jennifer. I, I thank you for the call. You you are a uh, voice of reason. And so we're also talking about Harlem Councilwoman Kristen Richardson Jordan, a Democrat socialist. She wants to abolish the police. And uh, she caused an outrage because she offered uh, extending condolences to the police officers, but also to the family of cop killer LaShawn McNeil. And all I have to really say about that at this point, and she wants to get rid of the police, comparing the police to slavery and so on, I would really love to be 
near the councilwoman's district office in Harlem one day when one of those thugs that she's praising is giving her a hard time or there are some homeless people outside. Because as far as I'm concerned, councilwoman, after you make these types of comments, don't be a hypocrite and call the NYPD when you need them, right? If you feel this way about police, right, then then stay true to who you are. Deal with it. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, as Jennifer just made the very valid point, that when you're in trouble, give me the NYPD, give me police, but any other time you, you want to bash them. Let's uh let's uh take uh let's see, let's take uh Greg in the Bronx. Uh good morning, Greg. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Hey Dominic. Uh, I agree with Jennifer, and I also agree with the previous caller, Karen, about Kathy Hochul. Uh, you know, I, I, I understand your point that she'll lose the black vote if she gets rid of this DA, but uh, I just think that that's a really weak excuse and a bad reason to do anything. We have this problem with these Soros DAs that are ruining our cities, uh, it's happened in San Francisco. It happened in Los Angeles. And it's going to happen in New York, too. And uh, this has to be stopped. It's it's not acceptable. And if Hochul's going to just fold because she's afraid of losing the black vote, that's a really weak excuse. And uh, I, I just don't buy it. Okay, but Greg, every politician I've ever met in my entire life is about self-preservation first. They talk a good game, we the people, but it's about self-preservation first. And I am telling you, let me be very clear, Governor Hochul can remove Bragg as the Manhattan District Attorney. If she does that, her political career is over. It's as simple as that. So, Greg, she, you know, you want her to stand on the merits. I want her to stand on the merits, but but the, the stakes are large. That's all I'm trying to say to you. The stakes are high. Well, let me just say that we both know she's not going to remove him. And Correct. it's a little late, Correct. actually, for her to even make the statement that she did. We all knew this guy coming in, what his intentions were. And, but just the bigger pr- picture, you know, Manhattan, I mean, uh, New York has gotten horrible. Five years ago, I couldn't believe how safe it was. It's now worse than it was in the early 80s, and it's going down. Correct. And we can't afford to have politicians like this. It goes all the way to the top. And you said at the top of the hour that that Biden's going to come and meet with Eric Adam about his gun policy. Well, that's a laugh because he's the one who's been supporting defund the police. So it's the hypocrisy just goes all the way. Like they say, the fish rots from the head. And that's what we're seeing here. Well, it's you, sad you, because you, we're going to lose our beautiful city. You make you make some valid points like the other callers. Greg, let's stay in the Bronx. Let's go to Joe. I believe Joe is a retired NYPD officer. Is that correct, Joe? Yes, it is, Dominic. We oh. spoke last week. Okay, great, great. I'm doing okay. Yeah, go but- ahead. First off, I wanted to say thank you to Jen. Uh, she's absolutely on the money, and I, and I, I feel so 
thankful to her what she said. I'm at a loss for words. But, you know, what I wanted to say was those two officers, they want to blame the officers. If his mother would have told them out in the hallway or at the door what the situation was, that her son was unstable and that he has possibly weapons, what they would have done was they would have called the emergency services unit. That's the big boys. And what they could have done was they could have cordoned off the area. They could have stopped it where they could have roped that door off where he couldn't have gotten that door open. But, but Joe, but Joe, I, and I want you to continue, but here's why she wasn't going to do that. Because this goes all the way back to when I first started out uh, in journalism covering the Eleanor Bumpers case in the Bronx. And I have to be honest with you, you know, I thought I was a big boy and I'm ready for New York City. And when I saw the autopsy photos, I went into the bathroom and threw up. I, I couldn't handle it. But, you know, so emergency services, all of this stuff goes back to the Bumpers case. And you're right. If she had informed them, Joe, they would have called in the big boys. And she knows that. And that's not what she wanted. She just wanted to scare her son. And now two police officers are dead. Please continue. Okay. Now, they they were contained in a long hallway. Just picture it. It took him a split second to yank that door open and blast away that they couldn't even have, they didn't even have the time to respond. And you're talking about he had a Glock 45 with a 40 round magazine firing a 45 caliber bullet, which that bullet is a, almost a half inch in diameter, like what comes out of a a, a 50 caliber machine gun. That that ammunition is what's carried in a Thompson submachine gun. That will go through walls. Thank God that third officer was there to stop him. I mean, you're talking a monster of a weapon he had. So if she would have done that, which we said she wouldn't, they, they're not that. I was in the 80s, in the early 80s. They, I, I remember the bumpers days, and I've seen some pretty horrific stuff myself, cannibalism, all kinds of stuff. But... um. It's different now, emergency services unit, and you know that. They're more, they're more prepared now. They're, they're up to date with things. It's not like the old days. Absolutely. And, and to deal him. with the mentally ill. Absolutely. Exactly. They would have had someone talking to him, talking him down. No, no matter how long it would have took, maybe it would have took a, a couple hours, and, maybe a couple and, of days, but Joe, it would have been if, a totally if, different situation. If memory, and I've got to take a break, but if memory serves correct, emergency services for the mentally ill, they have a device they can put on the entire door. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. Where he cannot get that door open. Right, right, right. Uh, Well, Joe, I I wish I had more time to talk to you about this because I appreciate your expertise on the issue, but I've got to take a break. So I thank you for the call. And again, I thank you uh, for your service and for enlightening us so, because you are correct, uh, they would have, if the officers would have known what was going on, they would have radioed to emergency services that's standing by around the clock, ready to roll. A team would have come, but the mother knew that once that happens, that's the big boys. You're not, you're not joking around. You're not playing anymore. It's no longer a regular routine call. It's all business and it's serious. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. 
And we are back. Governor Kathy Hochul of New York has warned embattled Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg that she's prepared to possibly use her powers to force him to reverse his soft on crime policies. And she met with the New York Times editorial board and she says, quote, I have options, but I will be monitoring the situation very closely. Coming up in five minutes, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. And Frank joins me right now. Good morning. You think, what do you think she's really going to do, Governor Kathy Hochul, on that front? I think that um, that uh, Bragg is already walking backwards. Exactly. So she's going to put herself in a position to take credit for things that he was already doing to change back to uh, being a more traditional prosecutor, let's say. There's no way going no way. into a Democratic primary in five months that she is going to remove the elected DA from Manhattan who was elected with 80% of the vote and the first black Manhattan DA ever as she's running against a black candidate. It will never happen. Because if she did, it would be career suicide. Exactly. The best Jamani Williams is hoping that uh, Kathy Hochul removes Alan, Alvin Bragg. That's so for sure. what, we're going to go back to the telephone calls, but what do you have coming up this well, morning? Well, we're going to be talking a little bit more about uh, issues related to policing, especially these police shootings, which have become something of an epidemic, not just here in New York City, but around the country. So I'm going to be uh, talking with a friend of mine, uh, Sergeant Joe Imperatrice. He's an NYPD sergeant and the head, the founder of Blue Lives Matter New York City. We're going to find out uh, what people can do to help police officers who are hurt and uh, what uh, and their families and why Joe thinks this is happening so, so much right now. Then uh, we're going to talk with Jimmy Church. He is a, a radio, film, television host, and uh, he is really into aliens in a big way. Uh, we're going to talk about why this issue has gotten so much media coverage of late. And it's Thursday, so we're going to do the AC report with the brand-new city councilman at large in Atlantic City, Bruce Weeks. We have a lot to cover with him. And uh, we're going to try and see if we can figure out what this announcement that Bernie and Sid are having at 740 is. Uh, I don't know what it is. I know you don't know what it is. We're going to see if maybe the listeners can figure something out. It, it's going to be very interesting. Frank, let's go right back to the uh, telephone calls to Jacqueline in uh, Brooklyn. Good morning. You're talking to Frank Morano and Dominic Carter. Good morning, Dominic and Frank. I know you are pressed for time, so I'm going to make this as quick as I can. Part of the reason we are stuck with politicians like Bragg and the councilwoman is because of the mindset of some of the people, like several of your recent callers, who blame the two officers who were doing their job professionally, professionally. And yesterday morning when I spoke with you, Dominic, the mother was also a trained law enforcement professional. I can understand her being concerned for her son, but she dropped the ball. And now Officer Rivera's wife is not only a widow, but if what I heard on the news reports was correct, he had a child. Now his child has to grow up without him. That is correct, and it's a very, very uh, sad situation. I, I do uh, thank you for the call. You and I are of like minds on this uh, subject. Frank, let's go to uh, Lauren. Lauren's calling from Manhattan. Good morning, okay, Lauren. Thank you. You're, you're talking you. to make, Frank and I'll Dominic. Make, I'll make this very brief. Uh, two gentlemen came back from Vietnam. 
Uh, they joined the uh, NYPD Ninth Precinct. The names were Rocco Lurie and Greg Foster. One was 21, one was 23. They were assassinated on the east, in the East Village on the 27th of January, 50 years ago today. 50, 50, 50 years ago today. Exactly. Usually there's a little uh, service outside the 9th Precinct where the plaque is that you see on the NYPD show mm-hmm. uh, about uh, Rocco Laurie. Greg Forster had two children. Rocco Laurie had none. But um, So I'm going to add them to uh, well, Samora and Rivera. Well, I, 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 thank I, you very much. I thank God. you for the call. I thank you for that information. Let's go to uh, Phil in the Bronx. You're talking to Frank Morano and Dominic Carter. Yeah, hi, Dominic. Listen, uh, the bottom line of this whole thing is that Prague was elected on a, on a, on a set-up vote with a, uh, a very low number of voters, maybe five or 6,000 voters, very few polling places, and they were probably in-line Democrats. The, the point is his policies are, are for calling the doom of New York and Hochul, as you said, will not put him out because she's fearful of losing the black vote. But wait a minute. I got a question. If that's true, then why are, why are so many African-American people up in arms against this guy? It's not just the Al Sharptons. It's not just the so-and-so. It's a lot of African-Americans. I deal with African-American people every day in my neighborhood. They're all pissed off at this guy. They want crime to stop. These are people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s who work or retire, and they are sick and tired of this. I don't think she'll really lose the black vote. Okay. Well, Phil, we we have to uh, table this for another day. Dominic Carter, I will see you folks again tomorrow. Same time, same station. Coming up right now, Frank Marano, the other side of midnight on Talk Radio 77 WABC.